This is Corey with Black Box Hobby, and thank you for choosing to listen to the Vintage Baseball Cards Podcast, where everything old is new again. Today we're going to discuss the 1887 Allen and Ginter World's Champions set, also known as N28. If you end up liking this episode and would like to show some support while also showing your love for the hobby, please visit our store at tpublic.com to see our baseball card-themed shirts, hoodies, masks, magnets, and more. I'll have a link in the show notes, but the URL is tpublic.com slash user slash blackboxhobby. And you can also follow us on Twitter at blackboxhobby. On to the 1887 Allen & Ginter World's Champions set. The concept of baseball cards as a collectible item wasn't created by smart men in a boardroom figuring out how to sell pictures of men on cardboard for a profit. Instead, the baseball card hobby started as a marketing ploy to sell more cigarettes before very, very slowly evolving into the hobby uh, we enjoy today. Before tobacco companies like Allen and Ginter and Goodwin started inserting baseball cards into cigarette packs in the late 1880s, some people collected the pieces of advertising that were handed out by retailers and business owners. These quote-unquote trade cards were often kept and pasted into scrapbooks for safekeeping, and businesses were happy given that the collector would remember their brand instead of a competitor. The 1869 Peck and Snyder card featuring the Cincinnati Red Stockings, which was one of these trade cards created by Peck and Snyder's sporting goods store and is widely considered to be the first mass-produced baseball card. Some 18 years after the 1869 Peck and Snyder card, tobacco manufacturers saw they had an easy means of distribution for trade cards via the actual cigarette packs. And because cigarette manufacturers already inserted cardboard stiffeners into packs of cigarettes, the next logical step was to adorn them with advertising. And so I can envision the first time a smoker emptied his pack of cigarettes, and instead of seeing the plain piece of cardboard stiffener, he sees a quaint little piece of cardboard with a baseball player, perhaps well-known, perhaps not. His first impression probably being one of slight intrigue, That's interesting, he might say to himself, not realizing that he is witnessing the birth of a hobby that is still going strong over 130 years later. The Allen & Ginter set features 10 of the earliest known mass-produced baseball cards, which is what we'll focus on, uh, but it's actually a 50-card set featuring other sports, which we'll touch on briefly. In the late 1880s, Allen Ginter started releasing cards as promotional trading card inserts into their cigarette packs. Most of these cards were illustrated and set topics ranged from birds and animals to Native Americans and flags of the world. Most agree that Allen Ginter's baseball cards were the first cards ever produced and distributed on the national scale. The tobacco marketers realized if the smokers took to collecting these cards, they'd be loyal to the brand and purchase more cigarettes in a potential effort to complete the set. In a time when many still had limited access to books and color printing was still relatively rare, trading cards became very popular. These one and a half inch by two and three fourths inch pieces of cardboard were truly works of art. The N28 World's Champions release is arguably the most popular and iconic baseball card of the 19th century, 
and perhaps only topped by the T206 for all vintage releases. Ten baseball players, six of whom ended up being Hall of Famers, were included in the 50-card World's Champion set. Eight of the ten players are from National League teams, while two are from the American Association. Rounding out the 50-card set, in addition to the ten baseball players, there are also ten pugilists, ten oarsmen, seven wrestlers, seven billiard players, two pool players, and four rifle shooters, two of which were actually nationally known Wild West personalities, Buffalo Bill Cody and Annie Oakley. By sending in 50 coupons found in cigarette packs, a lithographed album could be ordered to hold the entire set with many collectors permanently gluing the cards to the album. The 50 cards in the N28 set were presumably printed in equal quantities. However, the baseball cards featured in the set carry a high premium compared to most of the other cards in the set. This is not surprising as this set is part of the origin story for a baseball card collecting hobby that still rages after 133 years. Like all vintage cards, values are largely determined by condition. The most pristine examples of these cards demand prices that most collectors simply will never be able to afford. However, the same cards in lesser conditions can still be afforded by many a collector. The cards themselves are color lithographs, chromolithographs as I believe they are called in the printing industry, which are printed on thick white cardstock. The cards mostly feature the ballplayers from the waist up or chest up portraits. They are mostly on a white background, but a few have lightly colored backgrounds while retaining a mostly white background. Player image takes up 75-80% to 80% of the front of the card. The bottom 20% of the card consists of the player's name in all caps in black. Beneath the player's name is Allen and Ginter's cigarettes in light blue, with Allen and Ginter's in all caps with cigarettes appearing below in a slightly more decorative font. Below that, in what looks a little odd to me, is Richmond, Virginia, headquarters of Allen and Ginter, with Richmond left-aligned and Virginia right-aligned, which leaves a sizable gap between the city and state. The decorative font of cigarettes leaves the C and the G in cigarettes dropping down into the gap between Richmond and Virginia. The backs of the cards are unnumbered and printed in what appears to me to be green ink against a plain stock background. The entire back is in all caps. The world's champions is printed across the top, slightly arcing or curving along with some light artistic flourishes beneath. Directly beneath in a wavy line is one packed in each box of 10 cigarettes. Then in two columns is a checklist of the 50 cards. And centered at the bottom is Lindner, Eddie, and Klaus, Lith, New York, who was the producer of the lithograph cards. The 10-card baseball checklist includes Adrian Cap Anson, Charles W. Bennett, R. L. Carruthers, John Clarkson, Charles Comiskey, Captain Jack Glasscock, Timothy Keefe, Mike Kelly, Joseph Mulvey, and John Montgomery Ward. With each set discussion, I'll choose five cards to highlight. 
These aren't necessarily the most five expensive or desirable cards. They are just simply the five cards that appeal to me and that I find interesting. Number five on this list is John Clarkson. Clarkson had a career record of 328 wins and 178 losses, which ranks him 12th in all-time wins, and he once won 53 games in a single season, only bested by Charles Radborn's 59-win season. Also known as being a solid hitter, his 24 career home runs ranks 7th on the all-time list of home runs by a pitcher. Late in his career, he pitched alongside a young Cy Young on the Cleveland Spiders. At the time he retired, he was the winningest pitcher in National League history. He also had two brothers who pitched in the majors. As far as brothers go, their combined wins ranks third behind the Necro brothers and the Perry brothers. Around 1905, Clarkson suffered a mental breakdown, was declared insane, and was committed to an insane asylum where he spent much of the next three years ultimately dying of pneumonia in 1909 at the age of 47. On his Allen and Ginter card, the mustachioed Hall of Famer who led the league in wins the year before with 38 for the Chicago White Stockings is shown in the uniform of his new team, the Boston Bean Eaters. In the chest-up portrait, he's sporting a pillbox cap and appears to be wearing some type of green vest or other second layer of clothing over his uniform, while leaving Boston clearly visible across his chest. A PSA 2 John Clarkson sells in the range of $600. An SGC 1.5 sold for $532 on June 14, 2020. Number 4 on my list, John Montgomery Ward. Monty Ward was an early two-way star, excelling at both pitching and hitting. After graduating from Columbia Law School in 1885, he led the formation of the first professional sports players union, the Brotherhood of Professional Baseball Players, over frustration with the owner's reserve clause and helped form the Players League in 1890 in response to further poor player management relationships. Ward was an early two-way star, excelling at both pitching and hitting, his perfect game in 1880 would be the last in the National League until 84 years later when Jim Bunning tossed one in 1964. In 1882, he is credited with the longest complete game shutout in history when he bested the Detroit Wolverines one to nothing in 18 innings. He also authored a book on baseball history and education in 1888 and remains the only player in history to win over 100 games as a pitcher and collect over 2,000 hits as a batter. On his card, Ward, who is also in the Hall of Fame, is shown from the waist up in a batting stance with no visible team name on his white uniform due to the angle he's being depicted. He was playing for the New York Giants at the time. He is wearing a pillbox cap and dons a mustache. Most notably, he is holding his bat with a one to two inch gap between his hands. I've seen depictions of Cobb in the same manner and this was clearly a popular way to choke up on the bat in the early days of the game. His bright red belt brings out the rosy cheeks the artist gave Ward. PSA 2's sell in the range of $600. Uh, PSA 2 sold on May 14th, 2020 for $560. 
Third on our list is Mike King Kelly. Clearly one of the game's early strategic innovators, Kelly is often credited with strategies such as the hit and run, the hook slide, and having the catcher backing up first. One of the early superstars of baseball, Kelly transitioned his baseball fame to the vaudeville stage. He published the first autobiography by a baseball player in 1888, just one year after the release of the N28 set, and his innovations on the base paths was the subject of the hit song Slide Kelly Slide in 1889. While some stories may have been exaggerated, he became known for bending the rules, such as cutting bases when the umpire wasn't looking. Yet another Hall of Famer, on Kelly's card, he is shown from the chest up in a typical portrait style. He is hatless and has a neatly parted hairstyle, along with a bushy mustache. Boston, in bright red, is displayed across his chest, representing the Boston Bean Eaters, which eventually became the Atlanta Braves. The laces of his collared shirt are nicely tied in a bow. All in all, he has a very debonair look about him. PSA 2s sell in the range of $1,750 as evidenced by a best offer accepted sale on April 23, 2020 in that range. Number 2 card on our list, Adrian Cap Anson. Cap Anson played a record 27 consecutive seasons and like Kelly is regarded as one of the game's first superstars. Anson, who had prolific numbers on the field, is almost as well known historically for his influence on the racial segregation in baseball that persisted until Jackie Robinson in 1947. There are reports that on several occasions he refused to take the field if there was a black player on the opponent's team. He was an early innovator of adopting a spring training in a warm climate to get ready for the upcoming season. He was also known to gamble on baseball games in a manner eerily similar to Pete Rose a century later. Like Kelly, he would tour on the vaudeville circuit, but many of his business ventures, such as ginger beer, which exploded on store shelves, would fail, which led him to bankruptcy. In his card, the Hall of Famer is shown staring at the camera waist up. He is holding his bat, notably choking up an inch or two, while donning a distinctive handlebar mustache and wearing a pillbox cap with a short bill or visor. Chicago was prominently displayed across the chest of his white uniform. At this time, this was the Chicago White Stockings, which after a few more name changes would finally settle as the Chicago Cubs. His uniform is collared and tied at the top with laces and neatly tucked into his pants behind a wide black belt. PSA 2 versions of the Anson cards sell in the range of $2,000, an SGC 2.5 sold on May 31st, 2020 for $1,925. And the number one card on our list is Jack Glasscock. Glasscock is known for being one of the top players at shortstop during the barehanded era, leading the National League in fielding percentage on seven occasions and assists on six occasions, records that would stand until Ozzie Smith surpassed them in the 1980s. He was one of the most difficult players to strike out during the era and is credited with several defensive innovations at the time, such as backing up throws to second base. While this is the only non-Hall of Famer I'm featuring, for my money, this is the coolest card of the set. Glasscock, who is also wearing a handlebar-style mustache, that's five for five players with mustaches, seems to be very casually posing with bat in hand. 
choking up an inch or two. His belt buckle is clearly not centered, which fits right in with the very casual devil-may-care batting stance. His shirt is collared without the laces that are featured in some of the other uniforms. The two thin red parallel lines running horizontally across his pillbox cap gives Glasscock another element of style that seems to be lacking in the other cards. The card is further unique with the CAPT, or Captain, designation that comes before his name, Captain Jack Glasscock. Combined with the fact that this is one of the more affordable cards in the set, it's on my to-purchase list at some point. PSA 2 version of Glasscock's card sells in the range of $300. A PSA 4 sold on June 15, 2020 for $344. In conclusion, these cards are small pieces of history, like holding something from a time capsule that captured a bygone era of baseball. It's a shame that our national history still prevented people of color from playing with white players, thus preventing a large portion of great baseball players from taking their place in history alongside the other pre-1900 greats like Cap Anson and King Kelly. So I don't want to romanticize this era of baseball too much, as it clearly wasn't the quote-unquote good old days for everybody. But these cards represent the beginning of what would become the baseball card collecting hobby which many of us have a passion for. And therefore, despite the lack of diversity and outright racism displayed by some of the men pictured on these cards, such as Cap Anson himself, they are still an iconic part of the hobby and are a must-own for many collectors. They represent the beginnings of an ever-evolving game. From a time when very few players wore gloves, small ball was key, and pitchers seemed to have arms that never tired. There were no lavish contracts or first-class flights from city to city. For the most part, they simply played because they loved the game, much like we collect because we love it. There's no wrong way to collect baseball cards, but if you're going to drop $500 on the hobby and have a choice between a hobby box of 2020 Bowman or an 1887 Allen Ginter Jack Glasscock, I don't think you'll be disappointed by choosing the 133-year-old piece of cardboard that was printed when Grover Cleveland was president and there were only 38 stars on the American flag, as it is truly a piece of American history. With so much nostalgia and Americana, it's no wonder Topps brought back to the memory of modern collectors the Allen & Ginter name and style thanks to their retro-styled Allen & Ginter issues beginning in 2006. That officially wraps up our look at the 1887 Allen & Ginter N28 set. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Vintage Baseball Cards Podcast. I hope you'll stick around for the release of our next episode when we take a look at the 1887 Old Judge N172 set. Again, if you like this podcast and would like to show some support while also showing your love for the hobby, please visit our store at tpublic.com to see our baseball card-themed shirts, hoodies, masks, magnets, and more. Until next time, remember, everything old is new again. Happy collecting.